what is aligned with the vision here? And then you have to be like kind of relentless and tossing the other things inside and being like that. I like love and appreciate that piece of my business and what it was for the time that it was, but now we're going this direction and I have to focus all of my energy into these things that are aligned or else these other things, they might be making money, but they're going to hold me back. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. All right, on today's episode, I have one of my closest, dearest friends who I affectionately call my business bestie, who just helped me redesign all the logos and all the things. And we've rolled out the new coaching brand. So you can go check that out at elizabeth-marks.com. But we are also working on Almond Leaf, a major rebrand on that as well. And Sasha is the owner and the designer one of the designers behind Outlaw Creative, soon to be rebranded as well. I don't know if you want to get into that. I'm just so freaking excited to like have you on today and just like have a conversation and just share the wisdom and the magic and a little more of the process of what it's been like, not just to be your friend and to be somebody who knows me really well and who I trust implicitly, but also what it's like to go through a process of learning more about all that a brand can communicate. So with that like setup, can you introduce your version of an introduction of who you are and what you do? I love it. Well, thanks for having me. My name is Sasha Kill, and I don't know how long we've been business besties. It's been a few years now. Man, probably like three years. Four? Yeah. We met each other through a mastermind program and then immediately like connected one night after wine and talked business for hours and then we've been connected ever since. I feel like what was so special about it is that like there's so many people in life that you can connect with on like a certain level. But what I love about our friendship is that we both, I think, immediately appreciated that we could talk mindset and like deep, like somatic healing and like get into the woo and the wild and the crazy, (laughs) but also we're like, let's geek out about the strategy. Like, let's get into the data. Like we both can kind of switch gears and go back and forth without like right brain, left brain, even though we both are more inclined to be kind of right brain thinkers. Yeah, I remember that that first conversation actually. We went from talking about like mindset and life to like SEO and Facebook ads. <laughs> we were like all in it. Totally. I love it. I am a brand strategist and designer like you said. I started 
my business over a decade ago as a designer and really quickly built it into more of an agency because I saw a pretty big need from new businesses were coming to me and thinking they just needed a logo. And we know that a logo can only take you so far. We really needed to stop and kind of go backwards a little bit to kind of create this foundational brand. And then the logo was this piece that we kind of put on top of it. And so really fell in love with strategy and yeah, I've been able to work with a lot of really amazing businesses and business owners from you know, more small, medium-sized businesses to global brands. And it's been so fun. It's been so fun to work with businesses at all kind of different levels and all with different problems and being able to kind of do this like strategy equation and bringing design even into the mix of solve problems has been really cool. Totally. And I will say that like, if you're curious, just go to my website and check it out because Sasha is responsible for like all of the branding elements and like all of the just magnificence of what that is. And let me just tell you, I don't think I've ever really understood because my degree is in art and like graphic design and photography as well. So like I have enough of a design background to get myself into trouble (laughs) because I don't actively, (laughs) you know, do it. And I don't have a lot of the continued education that you do in the background. So I've kind of always either like found somebody or kind of whipped something together that was like, "Eh, that's fine enough. It'll work, you know? And I knew for this that I really wanted it to be this like beautiful embodiment of like who I am, this like next level version of me. And I'm like tearing up already just like thinking about it because I'm like seeing how you brought that into a logo design, into branding elements, into fonts. I mean, I I still look at it and I just get like, oh, it's so amazing. Like it's so me. And so I would just love for you to kind of tell us a little bit more about Like what goes into that? Because it's not like you're just whipping something together or grabbing an old Canva graphic that's been floating around the web for like millions of years Mm -hmm. and you're just like (laughs) plugging in new, you know, words into something that already exists. There's so much more that goes into it and so many layers that go under it that I think most people have no idea about. So do you want to get a little bit into, maybe we can be specific with my example, like how did you create what you did that was so deeply authentically aligned for me. Yeah, I think one of the main problems is and you you are such an amazing designer and a photographer and such a, a beautiful creative like everything you touch is beautiful, but I think what can happen is when you start kind of playing around or DIYing your own website or logo or social media graphics or what have you, like something that a lot of times will feel off I mean, it might look beautiful on the outside, but it kind of like, I don't know how else to explain it except for the design feels empty, Mm. feels Mm -hmm. like it's just lacking depth or something. Like you can't quite put your finger on it. And it's super frustrating, especially when you're like, it looks good, but why doesn't it feel aligned to like my bigger purpose and my brand where I'm going with my business? Why isn't it connecting with my audience, et cetera? But I think it's really important to kind of step back and do the work to kind of pull out, I would call it like the essence of your brand and then design around that. So I was super lucky to be in the position with you where we've been friends for a long time. And I actually do know a lot about you personally. I also know a lot about your business. And so when we started this process, diving deep into your business, also I knew so much about you. And so then it was bringing kind of 
that essence to life in a visual format. And so, yeah, asking a ton of questions, really understanding the purpose and the why behind your business, and then also understanding the audience because the audience is a very big part of your visual visual brand too, or your brand overall, but it really needs to kind of be this delicate blend to be aligned. Gosh, I'm just thinking about like, so we, you know, have this like branding design kind of, we've settled on it. We've been through different revisions and I like have it. I love it. And then we go to like, start working on the website and like, I started to kind of use a template. I'll just like tell on myself here that I was like trying to use a template that I've gotten (laughs) and I already had like purchased it. I was like, yeah, it'll work. It's going to be great. And I start plugging things in. I even end up handing it off to my team because I'm like, I keep getting hung up on this. My team can just like get in there and do it. I mean, it sat there for like months and months and months because every time I looked at it, I was just like, this is like chaotic. It doesn't make sense. I don't even know where to begin. And then you got in there and like, oh my God, like mind blown. The the amount of like (laughs) strategy that went into like really thinking about it and designing it, not just from a design perspective of like, like you're saying like an artist, you know, can create beautiful art. A photographer can create beautiful photographs. A designer can create a beautiful design. It's another thing. It's very like next level when you get to the place where you're like, okay, but now we're also going to create with like the end goal in mind, whether that's a user on your website, whether that's a multi-million dollar purchaser that's purchasing your piece of artwork that's going into their vacation home, whatever that is, you know, like creating with that end in mind, it is kind of this like next level evolved version. Do you want to speak a little bit to like what that process is like? And maybe again, we can just be specific. I love giving you like tangible examples. So even using my website, like thinking about that user customer journey. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, again, one of those things where you can have this empty design that looks beautiful and then you're just like, but it's not landing and something's not right about it, but you can't really pick it apart because you're like, but the words sound good. The images look good. Like what's going on here. So really looking at it through this lens of psychology lens of like through the eyes of your audience, Mm. they're landing on your website and what journey are we taking them on? And not just like, they're going to click here, they're going to click there, but like, what are they learning about you in the process and how are they building that trust and rapport with you? And so when they do get to that, program or product or service, they're ready to buy from you. And so it's really thinking about that entire journey and even how they're coming into your site. So are they coming from email? Are they coming from social media? Are they Googling you? Like all of those different audience starting points will kind of require something different once they land on your website. So I think it's really important to kind of start by looking at your homepage and going through and saying like, okay, again, through the lens of your audience, they need to know where they are. They need to know what you're all about. They need to know that you have something to offer them that fits their life. And then it's all about saying that through not just words, but like images, colors, all sorts of different elements, even the the white space on your pages, like allowing a user to like calmly go from section to section and catch their breath. And I mean, I'm sure you've gone to websites where there's a bunch of flashing lights and bright colors and too much text and it's just overwhelming. Like you can create that experience really quickly for a user or you can give them room to breathe with literally the white space on your page and the images and the colors and even the fonts that you're choosing. So it's really thinking about that experience that you're creating 
And with your website, I remember when you sent it over, the homepage was the first page I looked at and I was like, whoa, it's beautiful, but there's so much going on here that as a user, I wouldn't be able to make a decision because you have so many different kinds of products. And then you have these beautiful opt-in PDFs that I would want to do and the meditation mindset tapping thing that you have. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I want to do first? And so you have to really think about it as a user. Like you just like kind of a stop or you pause, you kind of feel stuck because you don't know the next step to take. And so it's really about breaking it down into like simple, like this is what we want our audience to know right away. This is where we want to lead them next. And then here's how we're going to let them choose their own adventure between if they want to go to the services page or the mastermind page or the podcast. And then it's just, it's not overwhelming. There's three different kind of choose your own adventures and making it easy. And also like, not just like throwing it all on one page, but creating the different sections so that someone could really sit with whatever they, let's say they are looking at your mastermind. They're not trying to comb through all the other content to find the information about your mastermind. And there's a dedicated page that gives them everything that they need. Yeah, totally. I've got like four analogies rumbling out of my brain as you're saying that. One of them <laughs> is that right before this call, I got out. I mean, I will brag, you know, that I'm a huge fan of like learning how to brag, that I got paints out and I started to actually paint my own painting for the first time in like years Ooh. and years and years and years. And I have two canvases out that I'm like looking at kind of over my computer right now. The paint is drying. And the one that I'm already like, I'm obsessed. This one's going up in this office space when I'm done. I've only done like the first real actual layer of paint. But what I love about it is that it's so much white space that I really didn't go overboard. And then the other one, which is a smaller canvas, I got a little carried away and I just like kept going, kept playing with the texture and kept going further towards the edge of the canvas and further this way towards the edge of the canvas. And I'm look at it and I'm like, it's overwhelming. Like I'm going to have to tone it back. I'm going to have to create more white space because it already feels overwhelming. And so thinking about that analogy and carrying that through with what you're just saying for an artist, if there's an oil painter or an acrylic painter or a portrait painter or whatever that's listening to this podcast right now, I'm thinking even how do you translate that same experience into not just like a gallery setting, but like an online presence. There's so many similarities, no matter what your medium is, because you may have that one, like I said, like a multi-million dollar purchaser that's coming into your art gallery, your art show. They want the perfect piece. They know it needs to fit their space. It's got to make them feel just right. And then you're also going to have somebody else who maybe they can't afford that or they don't have that home or that perfect spot for it, but they do want to purchase a print. They do want to purchase some version of what you offer. All of it is you. It's all a representation of you, but you can kind of create these different customer journeys that are really, truly tailored towards each person, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what service that you're offering. That's a great analogy. Yeah. It relates to like web design relates to art, relates to photography even too. You know, like there's so many different analogies we could we could keep going, but I just happened to have just done that and have been like kind of looking at it, like watching the paint dry and like thinking about it. So it feels really fresh. So I love this analogy because I immediately thought of like, if you went to a gallery, it's open, it's spacious. You go and you stand in front of a piece of art or whatever you're looking at, sculpture, whatever it is, and you sit and you just kind of absorb 
like how you feel about it, what it's all about. Usually there's someone showing you around the gallery and they talk about the piece. They talk about what it's made of, who the artist is, when it was made, what inspired it. Like there's so much depth there. And so on a website, it's really important to think about if you have a customer that is looking to buy a piece of art at that level, they want all of those details. They want the depth. They want the meaning. They want to know what kind of paint you use and what kind of brush strokes you use and what inspired you. Like it's really important to bring them into that story because that is what increases the value. If your audience is more of just, you know, maybe a new homeowner and they're, or even like maybe they don't even own a home. They just bought a cute apartment in New York City and they want to decorate the walls and they just want to buy a couple prints. You might not have to go as in depth with that story, but it's still important to tell that story throughout your website in a way that they connect with your art pieces so that they want to continue purchasing more for you. So it's just different ways to look at the user journey and what they need. The person that's going to buy a very high end piece of art, they probably just want to see that one piece of art, maybe several pictures of that piece of art with a lot of information. Whereas someone that's buying prints, they can kind of go through it like it's, you know, a Shopify site where they're like, oh, I like this one. I like that one. This one's on sale. Like it's a very different experience. Totally. I love this analogy so much and I want to keep going with it because I actually had (laughs) on a coaching call recently with one of my one-on-one coaching clients, I gave this analogy and I actually said kind of the opposite of what you just said. So I want to like, let's go there because I'm like, I think there's some real like magic in finding what we're both saying and the commonality of this. So what I said to her was basically like, if you are that like multi-million dollar buyer walking into an art studio, you're looking for the perfect piece. Let's just say that you have, it's a vacation home, somewhere magical. It just got built. It's amazing. It's probably multi-million dollar mansion itself. You know, it's just incredible. Like when you walk in, what I said to her was, they probably don't actually care about like what paintbrushes did you use? What strokes did you use? What particular brand of paint did you use? They don't care about that. They care about how is this going to make me feel? How is this going to impact my life? What kind of prestige is this going to give me? Is this an elevated piece? Is this going to make me feel luxurious? Is this going to elevate the space? Like it's all about them as the buyer, right? And so we know that like, yeah, there's the certain brush strokes and then you got into this and then you layered 17 different layers of paint. And and maybe at some point in the journey, they do decide that they want to know some of that information. But a lot of times it's really at least that first impression is all about like, how is this going to benefit me? Because we're just selfish people as humans. We just are when it comes to buying decisions, we base it on how is this going to benefit my life? How is this going to impact me? Right? So I'm curious your thoughts on that. I mean, I'm sure I can kind of like bundle it up knowing you, but like, I would love to hear what's your response to that. I love everything that you said. And I think visuals, obviously we are visual creatures. And so we see with our eyes first and we absorb a lot of information with our eyes. And so if you're trying to create that experience on a website, images are going to be so important. So I do think it's a special kind of audience that cares about the paint brand and the brush, but I think that maybe you're showing a close-up angle of maybe texture of the paints, or you're showing maybe a simple video of how you've done like some touches on it or you're bringing them into the experience of you crafting the piece and it helps them connect to it at a deeper level. So 
they're first visually seeing it and they're, they are thinking exactly what you're saying. They're like, oh, I can visualize this at the top of my staircase or when I have dinner parties, people will comment on it or like, this just makes me feel sexy and alive or moody or like whatever it is. They, they are the feelings. I feel like that's more of a subconscious thing too. I think we see a piece of art and we're like drawn to it. And sometimes we don't necessarily know why at first. We're just like, I love that. Yeah. I love that because internally it is making us feel something. So I think on a website in particular, well, in a lot of cases, but in this case, very much so, like it's the images are everything. So high quality images and different shots and different angles and maybe even a picture of it at the top of the staircase. If you can really visualize your customer and where they would put it, it's really important. And so bringing them into the story through the visuals and then also the story of how it was made, because can you imagine that same person at a dinner party showcasing their new piece of art? And then they're like, yeah, you know the story behind this? And then they're telling the story. And then they're bringing all of their, you know, the dinner party into like the story behind this painting and why it's so magical and amazing. And so it's really connecting them to all of it. Yeah. And I imagine it's like, happy medium, like that kind of middle ground where it's, you know, when I talk about even like when we create social content, like we think, well, in order for them to buy, they need to know this and this and this and this and this, like, here's all the benefits, here's all the things and all the resources and all the, you know, like whatever that's like in it, or here's every single paintbrush that I use and every single brand of paint and every kind of paint. And even though we're going back to that dinner party analogy, they may be showing their friends and telling them about it. It's still going to be like this overview of like, well, isn't it cool that they use 17 different kinds of brushes or they spent 500 hours on it? Like they actually don't care about what happened in every hour and what every bit of the process was. And I think that's where a lot of times when we take the same analogy and we, we relate it to like when we're into sales or when we're showing up in social media, trying to sell what we do or whatever, like we get so into the tiny little minute details and the nitty gritty and sometimes over communicating that, which again, just kind of goes back to that, like the overwhelm, which causes that decision fatigue. And then it causes people to shut down. Yeah. It's really being careful with the equation, especially sales-wise, what you're talking about, that is a tangible benefit of purchasing something and an intangible benefit. And I think a lot of people just focus on one or the other. I've had clients that come in and they are like all in on focusing on the tangibles and don't know why people was, they know they're not buying like, cause they don't have the depth of the feeling or the emotion tied to it. And then I have clients that come in and they're focused on just the intangible and they're like, it's not selling or what have you. And it's because their audience actually doesn't know the core benefits or like what they will actually walk away with. And so I think it's just this magical blend of both mm. and not going overboard with like, here's 80 details of, this versus that. I think we have BS meters running all the time in our brain because like the web in general is just plastered with ads and we're just so over ads and being sold to that. I think that when you start giving all these details, I think subconsciously people's brain it like just triggers this like, whatever, I'm over it. I need the connection pieces. And so you have to really think about your audience and what those connection pieces are and focus on the priority of those. Mm, I love that. Yeah. No, that's a perfect way to sum it up. Okay. Going back to bragging, will you brag <laughs> for us a little bit? Tell us a little bit about the kind of clients that you've served and like the amazing things you've done in, in your life. 
And you know, I wouldn't be putting you on the spot if we didn't have this like ongoing, <laughs> like Sasha and I, for those of you listening, I would not put her on the spot, except that we have this ongoing Voxer, like we Vox each other every day and sometimes multiple times a day and go really deep into what's happening. And like, here's the shit that's unfolding in our life. And then here's also like how we're reframing it and how we're moving through it and all of that. So for anybody listening, I wouldn't just put anybody on the spot. It's you. brag you know I think my biggest brag it might sound like a humble brag but it's something that's so important to me is that I've been able to work with businesses that like entrepreneurs that are just starting out and they're kind of lost and they're trying to find their way and they come to me and we're like okay let's establish this really strong foundation and then I've been able to literally kind of like be on their team so to speak for years and years and years. And I've got to watch them evolve and grow. And I've got to have this backseat in watching not only the growth, but then consulting with them. I'm like, okay, now this is the strategy or this is the shift. And this is how we're going to evolve the brand so that it stays consistent with you and that it grows with you. And it's just like this really beautiful thing to see the confidence, the confidence that it all brings. I always say that like great branding provides like extreme clarity. I think we've talked about that too in our conversations where it's like with like extreme clarity in your business and like deep down, like you know, not only your visual, like you know your tone of voice, you know your messaging, you know what makes you different, your positioning, like you are super confident in how you're going to show up. And even on the spot, if someone's like, what do you do? Like you inherently know. And I think that 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 grows a business faster than anything is when you just have that clarity and you also get to say no to the things that aren't aligned with that clarity. Right. So when you don't have it, then you can say yes to everything. And then that's when you're going to Canva and using all the different graphics and your messaging is all over the board and you're posting randomness on social media. And then you're like, I don't know why it's not working. Yeah. It's kind of a fun, like sub benefit of doing branding with you because I feel like through the branding process with you, I mean, I thought I had things like locked in, like I knew what my offers were. I knew what my audience was, but like going through that process, it actually helped me. And you really worked with me on like helping figure out like, what's the actual customer journey and who is the audience? And then in my head, I had like two different audiences and there's always a disconnect. But through the process with you, we really narrowed it down and like figured out the most beautiful aligned way to like bring them all together. Mm -hmm. And everything is in one place and everything is one roof. And there's really one customer journey. And there's different people that will enter at different points based on their needs. But like it just, I mean, in some ways, like through the branding process, I would say that you really are kind of a coach too of business coaching. There was a lot that. of big business decisions that happened and, and big shifts in my business and in the brand and in the way that I'm putting my work out into the world that happened and because of that branding process with you. And as a result of that, now I do have that confidence and I do feel really sure about like, okay, cool. Yeah, great. No, I know exactly what's happening. I know exactly where people are going. I know exactly what the next step is. I know how it's all going to work. And I get to do it in a way that feels so deeply, authentically aligned and so me. And I am never shy about like pointing people to the website because I'm like, yes, just go there, show up. Like you can choose your own adventure, like get on the website and go do what you want. It's just amazing. Thank you for trusting me because I think that's a huge piece of it 
regardless of who you work with or anyone listening, if you're going to work with a designer or a strategist or anything, like it's really important that you ask the right questions before you even hire them so that you can go into it trusting them. Because if you go into it wish-washy and then they're like, I think we have a positioning problem. We might need to change the name of a program or in your case, we might need to split your brand in two. Like that's a big thing to put on the table. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have confidence and trust in who you're hiring to help you with this, then I mean, you might just stall out and you might be like, no, 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 that's, I'm not going to do that. And then you're going to go back to DIYing and trying to buy a template and makeshift whatever it is. I just think it's really important to choose someone to work with that you trust and that's going to take the journey with you. And I, you know that I admire that about you, that we're all in all the time and willing to, to do what it takes to grow and evolve. Hmm. Okay. You did do a humble brag. So <laughs> I'm going to tell <laughs> you on you a little bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that you recently went through this experience that really like put you in front of some really major companies where you were a part of the process and a part of the team of these incredible, like really incredible. I mean, I won't, if you don't want to tell the names, I won't make you, but <laughs> these really incredible, like fortune 500 kind of companies that are doing major things in the world. And one of the things that I witnessed in you come out of that was your level of confidence, your level of like self-confidence. There was this major boost that I saw in you where it's like, I've always seen that in you. I've always known that, that you, of course, you're really amazing at what you do. Like you're incredible at it. But to see you own that, own your own brilliance in a new and deeper level was really incredible. And I think it's worth a conversation for us to just kind of bring that in. Of It's something that all of us as creatives, as creative entrepreneurs, no matter what our medium is, no matter what our industry is, I think we all deal with that on some level. People call it imposter syndrome. We call it lack of self-confidence, like whatever you want to call it, like creative insecurity. There's so many names we could put on it. Maybe let's just begin the conversation talking about that. Like, what are some things that have helped you over the years, aside from that one experience, or you can talk about that too, but things that you notice in others and also what has helped you? I think it's interesting because I have a very unique situation because like how I help people is is behind the scenes of their, their business. So I really get to see kind of like the guts of what is really going on. And I've gotten to work with a lot of brands that from the outside side, they look like they are just killing it. And they look like they're uber successful and multi-million dollar companies or what have you. And then you kind of get behind the scenes and you're like, wow, this is not aligned at all. And then you get to, you know, kind of help them determine like how to, a lot of times how to simplify. A lot of people overcomplicate things because they're trying this and trying that, trying the other thing. And then they have kind of a modge podge of everything. So you're trying to simplify. And then it's always harder to go back and create that foundation after your brand has already grown past it. And then you're like, I, I don't know, something's misaligned. And you have to go back and do the discovery work to actually create that core. It's not impossible, but it's just easier to understand really the, that solid core foundational piece before you start building on top of it. And this experience that you're talking about, like working with all these ridiculous companies that spend millions of dollars every year on branding, it's really opened my eyes because, you know, I feel like as a business owner, I think all of us have this idea that there's these brands that are kind of like untouchable. They have all their shit together and they have like, I don't know, something magical going on behind the scenes. And 
it was really cool to be able to work on these projects where you get behind the scenes and you're like, oh, I mean, not that they're a complete wreck because obviously they've grown, but like there's a lot still to work on here. And a lot of people that are still struggling to figure out a lot of things, even when they're running these billion dollar brands. And so being able to come in and it's really cool because a lot of these companies, not all of them, but a lot of the companies that I've worked for, like they are hiring you because they trust you because they're like, we have tried, we've hired people to do this in house and they've kind of just hit or miss, hit or miss, hit or miss. And they're ready to actually like figure it out. And so it's really cool to be able to go into a company like that and be heard. And it doesn't happen all the time, but to have a seat at like, you know, the big boy table, like, and be like, oh, this is actually, this is what's hurting your brand. And then relate it back to like the numbers and everything. And they're like, oh yeah. And have them be able to, you know, shift their brand and see massive, I mean, massive growth just because you changed and tweaked one little tiny thing in a marketing campaign or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's been really cool and really confidence building for me because I felt like these brands were kind of the untouchables. Like they've got everything together. And I was going into it. I was going into it as well to learn. I was like, this is going to be such a great learning experience for me. And it was, it absolutely was. But at the same time, I think what I was surprised to learn was that I know more than I think I know. And I'm better at what I do than I even thought I was. And so that was just really cool. Really cool. Do you feel like that's true for most of the, even like solopreneurs or like newer creative entrepreneurs too? Basically that what you're just saying that like, oh, I do know what I'm doing better than I thought, or I do have evidence, or I am better at this. It's like the confidence that's the lacking part, even though the skill set is actually there. Do you see a lot of similarities in that experience for you and then the clients that you work with? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that, and you have to tell me this because I've never asked you this question, but as a photographer, this is something that I'm sure maybe you felt as well. I don't know, but it's like when you start out as a creative entrepreneur, especially you always feel like, and maybe this is all entrepreneurs, but you feel like you're filling the shoes of a role and that don't quite fit yet. And so you're like kind of hesitant to even tell people you're a photographer. And then you're like saying I'm a luxury photographer feels like, kind of phony. Like, I don't know if I can say that. So you have to kind of like progressively grow your confidence into even explaining what it is that you do. And I think that's, again, that's like one of my favorite things to do with the brands that I work with. They have like such insane talent and they're so amazing at what they do or their product is just incredible, but people just don't know it because they haven't put themselves out there enough or they haven't put their product out there enough. And so being able to work with them behind the scenes and really kind of develop a plan for how we are going to put it all out into the world in a way that just feels so good and not phony at all, like that's everything. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we could go down a rabbit hole there, but what's coming to mind for me is, and I hope you're okay to share this, get into it as much or as little as you want, but you've talked about making a pivot in your own brand. And, you know, I think I kind of hinted at that in the introduction of like Outlaw Creative, maybe shifting to something else. I think there's some real beauty and evidence, you know, for people that are listening to hear that somebody like yourself, who you've just described these incredible experiences working with these billion dollar companies, 
could make a shift like that just because it feels aligned to you and because you want to, because that feels fun to you. And I talk a lot about, you know, business like a playground. Like if you go get on the swing set and if the swings aren't feeling good today, then get off and go on the slide. Like (laughs) it doesn't mean that you failed at the swings. Like just go have fun in your business. Like let it be a playground. Let it be fun. Don't put so much pressure on like, well, I tried this strategy and it didn't work the way I wanted. Or in the end, it didn't quite feel right. Like, no, it was still just the playground. Like get off the, the swing set and go to the slide or get on the monkey bars or do whatever. So Just an invitation if you want to open up and talk about that at all, about that pivot or about that shift and any kind of mindset work that you're doing in the process of that, as well as I know we've talked about some of the details and the specifics where like my mind immediately went to, like, Sasha, you have all this stuff created. Like, what if people go to the old website (laughs) and what if there's backlinks and what, like all of that. So any level of that that you want to. Yeah. I remember just on a personal note when we were chatting about this and I was like, yeah, I'm really considering possibly switching things up like a bit. And your first reaction was like, wait, 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 like you have been in business for so long. <laughs> like, how are you even considering this? And I'm like, oh, it's actually, yeah. it's not as big of a deal as it. But I was hung up on the like logistics, which is really silly, but you already had the solution for it. And I love your playground analogy too. Cause I mean, you, as well as I like see these businesses that are like, you start a business because you're passionate about something. And then a lot of times it's like, I don't know. I think like a lot of times you make money at one thing and then you're like, I guess that's it. Uh, That's where I'm locked in. I'm making money doing this. So I have to keep doing that. And then I'm never going to be able to do like, I don't know. I think that as you grow, a lot of times your services grow and you find out, say you're more passionate about something else. Let's just use photography, for example. I actually worked with a photographer quite a while ago who was really into equestrian photography beautiful equestrian photography but she was like but the money is weddings the money is weddings so I have to do weddings I have to do family photo shoots like but you could absolutely see like the difference in her art like what she was producing Mm. and even on her website it's like when we started talking about positioning she just couldn't let the money makers go And I feel like a lot of people get stuck there, whether it's, you know, obviously photography or anything where it's like, well, but this is what sells, but like, you've got to be able to like kill the darlings or whatever that saying is. I feel like I need more quirky, fun sayings, but it's like, you've got to be able to kill the things that are like (laughs) off of alignment for you. And so that's where I am right now, where it's like, I do love design and I love the strategy piece and how it all intertwines together. But I just really think that there's more of a need for strategy. And so really bringing my brand strategy program to life and then building the design on top of it. But even the naming, you know, I've grown a lot since I started my business over 13 years ago. And I just feel like I'm in a place where I've grown and I'm kind of exploring some different things. And I'm in the playground, so to speak, trying to figure out what it is. And I'm also simplifying. So when we talked about earlier, like how we go into the kind of back ends of someone's business. And it's like, they're so loaded with all this stuff. That's like our business as well. Like we, after being in business so long, you do have all of these things, but it's like, what is aligned with the vision here? And then you have to be like kind of relentless and tossing the other things to the side and being like that. I like 
love and appreciate that piece of my business and what it was for the time that it was, but now we're going this direction and I have to focus all of my energy into these things that are aligned or else these other things, they might be making money, but they're going to hold me back. And so I'm not really sure where everything's going to go, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited about this next pivot. We'll call it a little pivot. Oh my gosh. I'm excited too. It's the fun of being a creative entrepreneur, right? Like, is that we get to pivot. And I think like you're saying, like what happens is that we get into it and we were like, okay, well, this thing is actually making me money. So you feel you have success in this one area. And then, you know, a year or two down the road or five years down the road or 10 years down the road, you feel locked into that one thing. When you got into business as a creative to run your own business, like only us crazy people (laughs) do that. You know, like you have to be a little bit crazy to be willing to run your own business as a creative. And so the magic of that, like the benefit of that is being able to pivot when you want to and to shift when things don't feel in alignment. And yet it also becomes one of the hardest things to do once you do have a lot of success in an area of your business. So Mm-hmm. Just evidence and permission to anybody listening that maybe is knowing that there's some kind of internal pivot or nudge or something is a little bit out of alignment and you've been feeling that intuitive nudge or call to make that shift and to make that pivot that you get to do it and you get to just go play and you get to have fun and you get to get it messy again and you get to start over and see what happens because it's a playground. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much evidence out there too of people that have dropped something in their business that wasn't aligned, but was making a ton of money. It's like taking another leap of faith, honestly, like, and saying, nope, this is what I'm going to do now. And then they like blow it up. Like it's just huge. And they expand, like their business grows in ways they had never imagined because they were willing to like follow what felt aligned and good to them. Totally. Just more and more evidence to come back to like trusting your intuition and to letting that kind of internal compass be what leads and guides you, that there really are no like perfect formulas or systems in anything that we do. You and I both know we've we've tested and tried a lot of them over mm-hmm. the years <laughs> oh, and been taught that like this is the right way. And if you don't follow this one perfect way, then like you're never going to make it or whatever. It's like the shiny object syndrome. Yes. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to be sensitive to people's time to listening because you and I could sit here and chat yes. over wine all night long. <laughs> but <laughs> for people listening, anybody that wants to go further, tell us a little bit more about where they can find you, how they can access it, what your programs are like, what your offerings are. Give us some more info. Who is Sasha? So you can find me at www com. <laughs> I love that you use the www. I know. I just had to do that. Ironically, www. <laughs> the World Wide Web. You can find me at outlawcreative.com. You can find me on Instagram at outlawcreative. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> you love that. I'm going to have to mute myself in a minute. <laughs> www. Yeah, you can find me on the website. Drop me a note. Say hello. Always on social media. Be Brazen, B-E-B-R-Z-N is our sister site where we have a lot of guides, DIY kind of programs where you can jump in and learn how to set up a sales page or there's actually a website planning blueprint that's pretty sweet there. Just like if you're feeling stuck and you're still in that DIY phase, there's some resources there to kind of get you going. So go reach out, say hello. I'm always up for meeting new people. Amazing. 
any one last like word of wisdom or little nugget of truth or anything that comes to mind, especially thinking about, you know, I always like to kind of say like my audience is everybody from photographers to, I mean, you know this, you just did our (laughs) website, but like a lot of just creative entrepreneurs, you know, anything, any commonalities that you see in working with those kinds of people or any little nuggets of wisdom or truth that you want to pass on or impart before we close out. Mm, this is like on the spot. Let's see. I know it totally is. <laughs> I feel like I need some magical wise saying here, but I feel like it's worth mentioning that like rushing isn't everything. Mm. I think that a lot of people DIY their stuff and they just kind of, I think it's it's great to take imperfect action for sure. But when you're taking imperfect action without knowing if it's aligned or not, that's when it becomes a problem. So making sure that you kind of stop and you really assess like, what is it that I'm creating here? And how do I want this to look and feel? And what's the vision long-term? And I think it's just important to ask those kind of like base questions before you're just like go into Canva and pick out some random fonts and start throwing stuff up online. Hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And we'll link all of those links in the show notes. So you guys make sure you go follow her, check her out. Your WWW World Wide Web <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram, all the places. <laughs> awesome. uh, Thank you, friend. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for being you and for letting me share a little glimpse of who you are and your magic with my audience. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you. If you're looking for more, you can find me at elizabeth-marks.com, elizabeth-marx.com, or find me on Instagram at elizabethmarks.coaching. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.